The SDLP is a centre-left socially democratic party in Northern Ireland. It was founded in 1970 by Jerry Fitt, Paddy Wilson, Ivan Cooper, Paddy Devlin, Austin Curry, Paddy O'Hanlon and John Hume. The of conflicts in the world are about the same thing. They're about difference. Whether difference is your religion or your nationality or your race. During the Troubles, the party operated on a platform of Irish reunification through constitutional means and up until 2001 was the most popular Irish nationalist party in Northern Ireland. The party currently holds two seats in the House of Commons, 12 seats in the Northern Irish Assembly and 56 seats at local government level. I had the chance to sit down over Zoom with Jack Patton, a member of the SDLP and current secretary and PRO of the party's SDLP youth wing, to ask him how he got involved in politics and what attracted him to the SDLP. Thanks, Millie and Jack, for joining me today as a representative of the SDLP. Um, first of all, just on your own personal level, what initially got you involved in politics? Uh, this is always kind of an awkward question for me because it's a longer story than I typically like to tell interviews. Mm-hmm. But uh, whenever I was in uh, secondary school, I had a mate who I constantly argued political issues with. Everything from the role of church in current society to a woman's right to choose to how we structure orange order parades, stuff like that that was really nitty gritty and nowhere near the place of a 16 year old. But there's one piece of advice he gave me that always, well, will forever have changed my view in politics, which was you have all these ideas, but unless you join a party, you're never going to change anything. And I went to my first meeting of the Labour Party within about three days. Okay. And then from then on, it's just been a constant time in politics with a few bits of time out depending on what I'm doing at the time. But you've always remained uh, constant with the party membership, is it? Uh, I, was, I wasn't I was in a political party for about six months mm-hmm. after I left uh, Labour, the uh, English Labour Party. Mm-hmm. But then I kind of gradually fell in might actually be a relatively decent term for it, the SDLP. So then again, can you describe initially, I know you touched on it a little bit, what initially attracted you to the SDLP? Well, I kind of have to start with why I left Labour and mm-hmm. then it kind of leads on one from the other. I, there was a load of different instances while I was in uh, English Labour that slowly kind of broke down my will to be in the party. You know, uh, there's one good point of comparison actually. Uh, about two years apart, I got to meet Jeremy Corbyn and Colin Eastwood. Corbyn wouldn't say five words to me. Uh, Eastwood, lovely lad, like had has so much time for me. He was brilliant, and stuff like that built up over years. Like uh, having to stand before a committee in like a fancy hotel that we, as a labour branch, never could have afforded, to justify to members who come from across the water why we should be allowed to stand candidates. Stuff like that just built up over time. The final straw was. Uh, whenever we failed, or whenever they denied us permission to uh, stand candidates here. Mm-hmm. I found out from a copy of the Belfast Telegraph, somebody left lying around the university, no official communications, nothing. That broke me a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, I was out of politics for about six months. Uh, a friend of mine, a guy named Adam Gallon, was running for council. I'd known him from my time in labor, wonderful lad, got kicked out of the party for helping somebody stand as a candidate about a year before I left. He was running to be an SDLP councillor and working on his campaign 
knocking on people's doors, seeing how much time people have for the SDLP, even ones that don't agree with us, who will talk to you and then give you a second preference vote or kind of go through your ideas and really engage with what you're saying, really inspired me to join the party. And then obviously stuff like the legacy of Malin and Hume coming from like a traditionally unionist background and seeing uh, it was converted to the idea of United Ireland kind of over time with my experiences in labour and stuff like this. And that kind of ideas that Hume put forward, the idea of uniting people before we unite the country, really reaching across divides to make sure it's workable, to make sure it lasts. Because I want there to be a United Ireland in my lifetime but I want it to last past my grandchildren. You know, I don't want it to be a flash in the pan that falls to fire. And stuff like that's why I'm in the party now. And like Eastwood and the rest of our leadership team are young, dynamic, they're truly inspiring. But looking back at that legacy as well really drew me into the party. Um, touching on that a little bit before I get into my next question, yeah. it kind of more touches on a broader issue that I'd like to mention is that whenever I experience politics in Northern Ireland being from the South it's always very because in some ways you forget that it's part of the same island and it's so different when you go up the North because it is such a different realm of politics but do you find that it would go a lot smoother if parties from both the South of Ireland and then parties in the UK were more willing to help those parties in the North or do you think it's something that those parties need to work on themselves? I think it depends so much on the party like something I very much find when I was in Labour is people Middle England, London, even with Scotland, didn't understand here. Mm-hmm. Like it is kind of weird and kind of awkward from a voting system to a parliamentary system to the way our politics are divided. They just didn't get it. And if they're not willing to understand and engage, there's no point in trying to get involved. Because once they do that, then yes, brilliant. We're more than happy to have you joining us. But if you don't get it, there's not much point. Yeah, that actually rings quite true because I remember um, I had the pleasure of meeting an SDLP councillor, councillor Seamus. I think it's Defoich, is that how you say his name? Yeah. Um, and he, because we asked him before about what he thought about uh, parties like Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil possibly running in the north, and he put forward a very similar argument to yourself, like that they just don't really, really understand the history of the context of Northern Ireland. So, um, yeah, that is very true. And while I agree on the whole United Ireland platform that at particular points, I'm not sure if even still party policy for Fianna Gael <laughs> have put across, the politics are here are so different to the South. Mm-hmm. And if you're not willing to reach out to other communities to actually appeal to understanding people, there's no point. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be an exercise of utility for them. That, that actually, speaking of parties in the South and engaging with the North, Feed Fall last year um, agreed to a partnership with yourselves and the SDLP. Mm-hmm. And I know the year pre- prior, there was a whole confusion about them possibly running a candidate in the North and that not going through and everything. Do you think that that was uh, them stepping back and thinking to themselves, well, we don't really know what the landscape is up here and we should be supporting parties in the North instead? See, the thing you bring up, particularly with the candidate one around here, from my understanding of it, and this was only a vague recollection at the time, was an independent who claimed to be running on behalf of Fianna Foyle, um, was had party membership but wasn't running, and it was very, very strange. Mm-hmm. When it comes to them, their partnership with us, I think they've gone into it in a lack of understanding. Like they have stuff like, say, setting up ogre branches in the north, 
they just have not engaged with ourselves and SDLP youth or the party in general and have purposely set out on their own campaigns, their own organisation and just not really tried to build with us mm-hmm. the way that we were kind of expecting the partnership to be. We expected it to be whenever their memberships move up north, university, work, whatever, they'll join us, they'll work with us, we'll help develop those links and those kind of things, but they've kept themselves so separate that it hasn't really worked as we were expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on then now, what main aspect of youth politics has kept you involved today? A lot of stuff, around, a lot of the campaign stuff always been very engaging to me. Like stuff like marching with pride, stuff like the work towards marriage equality, all of that's been brilliant. But I know it sounds like such a political nerd when I say this. <laughs> the one thing that's always kept me really engaged is knocking on doors. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like going out with somebody who's standing for election or between elections, talking to the people they represent or they want to represent, finding out their issues and seeing what you can do to help. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that makes politics more worthwhile from <laughs> it's always helped me wading through Twitter fights and all these kind of things <laughs> to see this is the goal, this is why we do this, and we are here to help people more than anything else. Mm-hmm. We touched on it a little bit earlier in the interview, and you were talking about uh, what kind of drove you to jo- well, kind of you fell into the SDLP in that sense. Mm-hmm. Was that when talking about you know trying to speak to Jeremy Corbyn, he wouldn't give you five minutes, and then talking to Colin Eastwood, he'd have all the time for you. Do you find on a broader scale for young people that politicians are really listening to young people? And if so, um, how much do you think they're listening? Is it enough or should they be doing more? It depends so, so much on the politician, I think. To be honest, because this where youth groups and politics are particularly useful. They will bring ideas forward that the party higher-ups wouldn't have thought of. Mm-hmm. That's grand, that's brilliant, but it'll depend so, so much. On the politician like our campaign in uh, Derry on the uh, coal screening plant had loads of engagement from our local reps because they're willing to listen to the youth group and they've done so so brilliantly going out helping them campaign giving them guidance on like most of them that were doing it were pretty new activists mm-hmm. just taking them around doors showing them how to do it stuff like that's brilliant when it comes to listening to us it depends so so much like mm-hmm. a lot of our MLAs are brilliant some of the ones i've seen in the other parties can yeah <laughs> it depends so so much on their grounding their background how much they're actually willing to go out and talk to younger people mm-hmm. or how much they want to live in the storm bubble yeah one of the things we always see younger people uh, initially getting involved in politics is through much broader issues that don't really have party lines. So like, mm. particularly in the South, we had a marriage equality referendum in 2015 mm. and the repeal of the 8th in 2018. Um, do you think, especially from a Northern perspective, is there anything in the future that young people can really rally behind that'll get them involved in politics without it being party affiliated? This is going to sound so weird, but whenever there is a referendum on Irish unity, I would love it to be far more apolitical than it looks like it's going to be. Mm -hmm. Something that people can talk about and actually engage with without being tied to a party background. Maybe that's idealism, but I would love for something like that to happen. When it comes to other ongoing issues and things like this, there's so, so many issues. Stuff like climate change that we've seen with the protests, Derry, Belfast, all these kind of ones. Stuff like Black Lives Matter, where we've seen people from minority communities putting their voices forward and our activists and all activists getting out to help them and has really brought more people into politics Mm -hmm. that aren't from the traditional kind of 
my father's father's father was a counselor, therefore I am an MLA, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, my final question then to you on a personal note um, is, where do you see yourself uh, going in the future of youth politics and in politics as a whole? Uh, as much as it sounds odd, I'm not 100% sure if I'll ever stand for a position. Mm-hmm. You know, I probably will. I think it's the best way to make use of what I've learned and kind of the experience I've built up in youth politics and in general in helping people. Uh, short term, what I'd love to do is work in some kind of political advisory role or something for the trade unions. Stuff mm-hmm. like uh, RCM are running a campaign at the moment to increase nurses' pay by 12.5%. Mm-hmm. Like campaigning around that, organizing around that, creating media strategies things would be brilliant and so rewarding. We'll see if I get there. <laughs> so the two years of the grey left. Perfect. Uh, thanks a million, Jack, for that. That's been brilliant. Not a worry at all. It's been a pleasure talking to you.